Welcome to Your Family and Your Retirement with Abe Ashton. Abe, you are certainly a technically savvy gentleman, I would say. I mean, you got the Apple Watch. You've got everything Apple they've ever created. I do, yes. Texting is a huge part of your life. But here's something you probably didn't know, because I didn't know this either. Uh-oh, let's hear it. Our text messages may be offending some of our younger friends and family. So USA Today says that baby boomers, which I think you're Gen X like me, aren't you? Yes. Okay. But either way, I didn't know this, so I think I'm in the baby boomer club. But baby boomers use a period to end a sentence. But young people consider periods to signal a negative tone. And while... Even myself, I use the dot, dot, dot to signal a break in thought. Young people consider that to be passive aggressive. Hmm. This is our life. Really? There's a lot of reading into these texty, you know, to the actual letters and the actual symbols that we're using. Ah. But I, I mean, you do know that, of course, all caps means you're screaming yes. at somebody, you know. And, and again, my son says, listen, you will always know it's never me if I just write okay, if I spell out okay, O-K-A-Y. I'm yeah. like, okay, and you know, they all have their weird little isms. I had a fight right? with a friend the other day because she gets mad that I just go K sometimes. K. Like the as letter opposed K. To, okay. As opposed to or, the much more formal okay. It's spelled properly or even an okay. Man. I know. People are very picky about this stuff. It just we become very spoiled. These are not these aren't only <laughs> first world problems. These are like half world problems when we're talking about, you know, the text that you're actually sending and what it may mean. I see. But okay, but here here's the thing. I guess here's the question for you. Is it less offensive for somebody not to return a phone call or someone to or what's more offensive? To not return a phone call or not return a text? I think I'm in the minority here because I am so sick of being on the phone. Don't call me, just text me. So yeah. I offend others by not returning a phone call as quickly as a text, I'm sure. I just don't have time to get to the phone like that. I can multitask with the texting, right? And my my voicemail now says, hey, if you really want a quick response, the best way is to text me. Yes. Because, you know, I can do it while I'm driving. So if you could just please shoot me a... I'm joking. That was funny. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even know. I'm I'm joking. (sighs) Okay, but but my voicemail does say, hey, if if you're looking for a more immediate response, shoot me a quick text message and I'll do my best to reply as quickly as I can to that. Because I find I get back to those more quickly than voicemails, right? Yes. Because you can do it and not be. You don't stuck have to type a in a number. You don't have to remember the number. It's just a, a quick response. And yes. so and so. But when somebody doesn't return a text when it's when it's actually a text that is would merit a response, mm-hmm. like I get frustrated. I'm yeah. like, hey, listen, I know it's not hard to just re- do a quick, especially if it's my like my in laws. <laughs> like, hey, listen, are we doing dinner at eight o'clock or not? To both of them, and I and I know that you know, especially when their read receipts are on. Oh, when the read receipt people. is on. Yes. For those of you who are over the age of forty years old, the read receipt means that the people can see that you actually read it. Check your read receipts, whether they're on or off. They can be in general or on an individual person. Mm -hmm. But if I can see that someone's read something and they don't even give me a thumbs up or okay or yes, I'm like, come on, are you kidding me? It's 2020. Just shoot me a thumbs up. I'm just looking for a thumb. Just just like my comment. Are we meeting at 8 o'clock or not? Come on. Am I going to have to dial your phone and call you and use words? Don't make me communicate with you. (laughs) That read receipt. No, I'm not doing that because, again, a phone is at my convenience, be it text or 
by answering and talking on the phone like a Neanderthal. Who does that anymore? Yeah, Um, exactly. Read receipts. I make my kids have their read receipts on just for me and mom so I can see if they saw it. And mine is on for my wife's and my wife's on for me because sometimes that's just easier. I know that she sees that I saw it. Like it's just a note. Hey, by the way, can you do this or whatever? She'll know that I see it, but it's for specific people. Those people have their read receipts on for everyone. Mm -mm. Brave, brave, brave. (laughs) Them's, Them's there, some brave people. Oh, speaking of being brave, whoo, November 3rd, we're all trying to be brave and get to it and through it and make sure we come out as good as we can on the other side. I saw a story in Market Watch about people who are prepping their finances for a possible Joe Biden presidency. And I certainly am not trying to get political here. I just want to get to the bottom line of yeah, what don't affects get political. Us. Vote for Trump, but don't get political. <laughs> Go ahead. But are there things we should be looking at right now before Election Day, besides who to vote for, that might help protect our portfolio, regardless of who wins on November 3rd? I'm talking to people every day that are saying they're going to go into a position of cash or they're going to hold money outside about 30 days before. And you're wondering if if there was the biggest excuse for an exodus from the market, uh, my guess is President Trump's positive COVID test would have given everyone a big huge reason to say hey this is enough but you know then he comes back to the White House pretty quickly after Mm -hmm. being diagnosed with COVID and the market goes up and then the market goes back down and so but I do anticipate you know and I don't know who who am I you know what do I know about what will finally glad you got there who are you man yeah who who, who am I I'm a guy who just talks to people about their money (laughs) every day decades of experience seeing things like this happen so the only thing that I'm an expert in is knowing we're all a sum of our experiences, right? But my, I'm an expert in knowing emotionally mm-hmm. how these types of things affect people over the age of 50 years old. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I'm doing every day is I'm talking to people. And, and even though I don't know what the stock market's going to do, even though I'm not a stockbroker, what I can tell you is that that people right now, and, and it's happened this way each election since I've been doing this job almost, well, well over two decades now, as an election comes up, people are asking themselves, well, how's this going to hit my account. And and President Trump has gone on the record saying, if you let that guy win, your 401ks are going to take a hit, you know? And and again, does he know that for sure? No. Nobody but does. people are asking themselves that yeah. question. And I've talked to people who say, hey, I'm going to move to a position of stability or fixed accounts or uh, cash accounts. Okay. So that's one way to look at it, preparing in that fashion. The other thing to think about are taxes, because one of the big news stories has been the claim that President Trump paid little or no taxes over the past decade. And again, I have no idea whether that's accurate or not. I just know the Trump organization says it is not, but that's not what I want to focus on, because we could go on for hours about the back and forth there. I think we can all agree that the wealthy have ways, legal ways, of reducing the amount of taxes they owe. In USA Today, they recently had a headline that summed it up pretty well. Quote, Donald Trump's tax returns have many wondering what they're doing wrong. They're right. What are we doing wrong, the rest of us, the middle class, when it comes to saving money on taxes? Because his number looked a lot lower than mine. What you're not doing well is you're not losing money well. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the opposite of what I've been taught. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But dude, listen, if somebody's paying no taxes uh, at all and they're a high net worth or presumed to be a high net worth earner, it's going to be because they have losses to offset gains. 
right? They okay. have they have lost so much money in other places, and now there's other ways to do that, which is everything is run through different businesses and things. But even businesses have to pay their own kinds of taxes. And we see a lot in the news about Amazon not paying any taxes or Apple or whatever the big yeah. business is that's corporations that aren't. But we forget that they pay hundreds of millions of dollars in payroll taxes for their employees. They are these companies, these entities are paying taxes. But when Jeff Bezos gets on the the Amazon plane to go fly somewhere, is everything he's doing and everywhere he's going, is he having a business meeting and could he justify that business flight on his own jet that is owned by Amazon to be a business expense? Well, sure. Mm-hmm. Right. When your business is global and everywhere you go, you're basically doing meetings. Those those kinds of people, they're they're working everywhere all the time. And you like them or you hate them for it. But, man, here's what I think about the taxes. And it comes from Judge Learned Hand in 1834. You heard the name correct. Judge Learned Hand. Hmm. Okay. 1834. Every man may so arrange his affairs that his taxes shall be as low as possible. He is not obligated to choose that pattern which will best pay the treasury. There is not even a patriotic duty to increase one's taxes. Oh, gosh. Okay. So this is legal precedent written in 1834 that each person can choose to reduce their taxes by as much as they want. All right. You can choose to reduce your taxes by taking any legal measure necessary. That's President Trump, and that's also Kristen Charles, <laughs> right? Everybody can choose to, to do it. As long as it's legal, there's not a patriotic duty to increase one's taxes. I said 1834. It's 1934. And so when we look at that and we, and we understand that that is the precedent that is set, then we care a lot less about what each individual is paying. And then your question becomes more pertinent. Well, what, not just what about them? What about me? How do I do it? How do I look for expenses? How do I best maximize it? Mm-hmm. And the best thing you can possibly do is to talk to someone who understands taxes. Talk to your accountant. Talk to your enrolled agent. The reason why we don't, and I've said it on this show, if I've said it once, I've said it a gazillion times. And that's a lot of zeros, the gazillion. <laughs> and that is that we have an unhealthy relationship with our taxes in our country, meaning we get our taxes done and we cannot wait to not have to think about it for a whole nother year. All right. We okay. get it done in January or February yeah, or exactly. March. Our taxes are done. You're like, whoa, so glad to have That's that over, over with. I don't have to think about it for a whole nother year, which means we're always looking at the back of the damage. We're always looking retroactively at what happened and what our consequences or our benefits are. What is our what does our uh, return look like or what does our payment look like that we have to pay for taxes? But how often does the average American sit down and say, okay, knowing what I know about last year, what can I do? And I want to spend just as much effort looking forward to the next 12 months as I just spent looking back at the past 12 months. Okay. Rich people are. Donald Trump pays have, people to do it. There they you have, go. That's what I was going to say. They have people to do it, but it's also... We don't have those people. It's not that complicated. A cop-out for being lazy or saying, I got to go to work or whatever is to say, well, they can afford to pay people their account to do it, whatever. But it's true. There are small things that each American can do just by sitting on the internet and reading. If you typed in, when was the last time, Kristen, that you typed into the Google, <laughs> what can a single person living in the United States do to reduce their taxes in 2020? Mm, let me look at my, oh, never. Right, okay, which means even that, and looking at what are the top yeah. results on Google and spending a little bit of time looking at it, you don't need an incredible tax advisor, but you might start learning things about filing the standard deduction 
and taking the $12,000 for a single or almost $24,000 for a married couple. Or you might look at itemizing. And once you understand itemizing and which expenses are tax deductible, the big three are mortgage interest, it's your health cost, it's your charitable donations. When you start to look at that and you realize, okay, I may have enough to itemize, I may not. Or I might want to double up one year and not. I might want to look at biannual planning. Again, now we start talking complexities, which have a lot of people just start to roll their eyes in the back of their head and say, shoot me, we're talking about taxes. Then that's okay. Just don't complain about the people who are doing it. Right? Don't educate yourself on how to make it better for your own life. Right. Take some personal responsibility about looking forward, not just looking backwards. Don't have that unhealthy relationship where you're only looking at, oh man, I cannot wait to not have to think about this again. Say, hey, I need to think about this the same way I think about what my interest rate is on my mortgage. It's Mm -hmm. something that costs me or something that benefits me. I need to look at this the same way I look at what my 401k is earning or not earning. What are the returns? Well, when you're paying more or less in taxes, that is also returns or losses. Mm -hmm. So you got to start viewing all of those things categorically the same. It is part of your overall personal financial strategy. Find out more at AshtonWealth.com. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by Retirement Wealth Advisors. Eric Nimmer is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. Ashton & Associates, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and this radio station are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested.